Bruchem Aboim, B'Shem Irgin, Shere Torah, Moses Boston. I'd like to welcome everyone to tonight's Shir, all the men here in the main shul, all the women upstairs and downstairs, everyone listening in through the phone and watching through the live stream. Bruchem Aboim. As I mentioned in the past, Irgin Shere Torah relies on the Tzibur to help support the Shirim by sponsoring, sponsoring the Shirim and donating towards the Shirim. Call Irgin Shere Torah 718. 851-8651 or email tapecenter at yeshivanet.com for this great exclusive Habotas Tarah Derabim. Tonight we'd like to give a big yashakach to Elam Shem sponsoring tonight's Shirley Lenishmas Harav Gedalia Aryeh Ben Rav Shmuel Yitzchak Olav HaSholem The outside is tonight Chof Alav Tamas and Yishmos Yitzhur B'Tzara Chaim Now we have the COVID Habotas once again Rav Yosef Vainashli Derav Kira Shari Shemayim Speak on the melting pot of society how separate are we? It's my cover to call the Reviner for tonight's Russia. It's always a tremendous nachas to be back. And we're going to try a bit of a Mephist tonight. The topic I'm going to try to at least highlight took me over 75 shirim and Muncie. So, a different Mokham and Muncie asked me if I can give a review. It's never tall enough for some reason. Okay. So uh, I asked them if they wanted me to review it in 35. They said no, too. So now, <laughs> Eric and Shiratera wants it in one. So the Halfregalachas. <laughs> uh, so I'll remind you, I don't bring uh, tapes are gone, CDs are bulky, and as we had last year, these are available on both levels. And in the back here, and Mr. Frechter, if you can get it out of him, and... Uh, they're basically about 1,500 shirim now for free, just the cost of a blank, which is $10, and then we just refill them. So otherwise, if the cards are there, you can get it off of the website if you have a filter and an accountability program on your computer. If you don't, then blow the whole thing up when you get home. I'm not uh, giving you a pass to, uh, to go on. So this sugya is fascinating, somewhat counterintuitive. And if I condense it to an hour and change tonight, as I started doing two weeks ago in Muncie, you're going to hear a lot of things that are going to sound unusual, how can it be, and there's always a lot of pushback. So I invite you to either go on the site or get the USB, because I can't do justice and we can't possibly answer all the shaylas. It's more to give some of the yasaitis of the sugya and bring up some of the common issues we find here in America. I think the sugya has never been so nageya. Uh, the good news is we're steiging and we're learning. Uh, the other news is there are certain things that creep in that we've been in America too long and in Galvez too long in general. It's what the three weeks is all about. Uh, the sugya, as we just heard in the title, is really chukah seim. I had a chalayim. I was going to speak about chukah seim and le sobush, which is a... So we went on to afterwards because they have a lot to do with each other, but we'll save that for a different year. 
And the melting pot is exactly the opportunity and the problem. The opportunity is in a democracy we get to do what we want. And the problem is that in such a free society, the culture is invasive, pervasive, and it's never been more difficult to keep it out due to the advent of technology. We're going to, in the first 10 minutes or so, just put down some of the rules and then go immediately to the myriad of examples we have. I'm going to try to go through the calendar. We'll see if we get past Halloween. Uh, it's, uh, we'll, we'll see. I have big hopes. But uh, if you're all still here at 1 in the morning, we'll know we're succeeding. Otherwise, we'll know we're going to at least get you interested enough. The Pusuk, it's, it's one Pusuk, one short semen of Shulchan Aruch, which is fascinating. So how can you make 70 shirim out of one semen of Shulchan Aruch? The answer is not my fault. The one semen of Shulchan Aruch gives you the klalim, and in every gullus, and every culture, and every atmosphere, you have to figure out what applies, what doesn't apply. And these shaylas are challenging. And I'm warning you, a lot of the things I'm going to mention Half the people say, oh, that's Pashut, and the other half say, how can that be? And sometimes the truth is somewhere in between. Pashut, none of this is. How can it be? Again, it might be a simon of our way of thinking here in America, and a lot of the things that caught on, but uh, we'll get there, and you'll understand a little more as we go through it. The tour brings down, that's one simon. You can and should look it up afterwards. Just go through the Simon, the Torah, Beis Bach, the Machaber, and the Shach, and Novan Eisekelem, and then you'll have the basis for the thousands of tshuvas written on this topic over the various generations. Torah brings the Rambam. Kasav Rambam, and Holcham, Chukas Agayim, Velo Madam Elohim, Velo Mamalbish, Velo Biseyar. You read this Torah, you get very nervous, which is why I'm starting with it, because this seems to be certainly the underlying theme but there are many more coolers than what the three lines we're reading suggest. As the Ramam says, as the Pasuk says, as the Gemara seems to say, you can't be daimit to the Gaim and you have to be different, not only in thought and in Ashkaf Sachayim, Yili Yisrael, Muvdul Mehem, and Muvdul means different religion, the only emis in the world, and we have to know what the Amenivcher, but not only in Machshava, not only believe, Yadua Bilmabusha, Bishar Maisev, Kamosha Muvdul, Bedaita, Ubedeyasev. Which means that we have to not only think different and we have to have a different set of rules, we have to look very different. That's a very odd Ramam to start off with. Standing here giving a shir on Chukasem Lesalechu, I'm standing here wearing a tie, a Borsalino hat and a double-breasted suit. At least I'm Yates with a double-breasted suit. It went out of style years ago. I wait till it comes back. So th- there's a key in that in this sugya, to not dafka follow every time somebody decides he has to make more money in Paris and change the styles. There's absolutely no rhyme or reason. It's a classic hukka sam. There's got to be a hetero for it, because you all do it, but the ties get bigger and bigger, and then all of a sudden they shrink, and they get in, and the brims get bigger, and they... That, if you haven't figured it out by now, that's just too force us to constantly buy things, and that drives the economy. For all I know, it's some yiddle in Paris making all this up, but that doesn't mean if the uh, Welt is looking at it as style, fashion of the Goyim, that's a problem, and we know, we hope, that it's not. Hopefully, within the next hour, we will touch upon Rabbi Shashita, where he explains why wearing a regular suit and a tie 
is mutter. That's the Lashon of the Rambam. The Machaber and the Ramah, I will read parts of Sif Aleph and Sif Beis. The Machaber says, And he immediately gives examples. Things that are specific to Goyim. Ramesh's argument, I know that all of you look like you're passing out already, so before you take off your ties and your jackets, Ramesh's argument is going to be that the consumer is the king, and they're making it for consumers, and they're trying to figure out what consumers want, and we're wearing it at the same time they are, and we're also consumers. They're making it for us as well at the same time. That needs further Hesber, but that just to keep everybody seated at the shear uh, dressed, uh, I want to mention, because the Machaber and the Rambam, the, or the Rambam, it starts off with the Malbush, so the Malbush shouldn't be the same, which is a Kasha. It's not just a Kasha on us. You look at the Sfardim and various Deiris, I will say, the more Haimish you are, the more of a Kiyam there is in the Ashkafa Shabbat, you wear something distinctly different, certainly a Kiyam. That doesn't make it necessarily usher for everybody else. And there are many Rayas throughout history that Jews did wear the typical turbans, robes that the others were wearing, and it was not considered, even in the time of the Rambam, it is so Chukasem Lesalecha. So Ramesha is not a Chiddish, he's just trying to explain why it's so. You shouldn't have a wild haircut or hairdo like the Goyim. That still applies. So, as an example, uh, long briscopeus come and go and they get more popular and less popular. Do you ever wonder why? Not because he just came back from Eretz Yisrael, but often it has something to do with the Goyim, whether a bootleg sideburn is in style or not, after some Maneuver, we don't want to mention. And, um, and if you don't know who I'm talking about, very good. So uh, the Pashas is that if you're doing it every time the style changes and it clearly, with the rest of the getup, looks not very Yiddish in time, we're not that comfortable with that. But if somebody is growing payas and it's a hider and it goes to the bottom of the ear instead of over the bone, he's, it's all the shitas. You can't really, this is the rice with the Chiyam Malkus, so I like to use the word Usr and Mutter, Dermashirim, only when it's really Usr and only when it's really Mutter. So you hopefully won't hear the word Usr from me unless it's really Usr. And is the Tzura good when you're changing the haircut every time they change it? No. Is it necessarily an Isidoresa if it happens to be a Hidr in another area, even less not why you're doing it? One could argue that perhaps that wouldn't be an Isser. However, there are, you will bump into people like this, they just don't know any better. They're getting a very, very yeshiva haircut, but only on the side, where you shouldn't be cutting so close. That's the problem, the Isser of Pasarish, Pasazokin, the Machlekes, Rishenim, and Chaber has two days, Astamadi Yashemim, where the Misparam Kane Tire is also when you shave it too thin. It's an easy thing to avoid even though the Stam of the Machaber is only usher with a razor, but why get into a shaila like that? And the people don't know, and they're doing it because the Goyim are doing it, and it's in style. So besides having a very close brush with Chukoseim, uh, they're having a close brush, a bad pun to use over here, uh, with, um, with the Yisr of uh, Pasarish. Why get into these shailas? We have enough Yisurim, like Lashon Hara and Bittu Terah and the like, that we have trouble with, why go near an Issa Dereisa if you can avoid it? However, you can't say it's the actual Issa necessarily, although it's coming very, very close. 
The Ramah now says, listen carefully, because this is going to be a main focus of a lot of the Shailas. What is the gather? If we can wear, assume we can wear suits and ties and hats that only we wear now, but it started off everybody was wearing it till uh, a few decades ago. If all that is not the Yisadaraisa of Hukasayim, so what is? When is it really an Yisadaraisa? So the Ramah brings down, let me first tell you the Shizim Mishayim, because it's a bit unclear who the Ramah is passing like. The Ramah holds that if they're doing something that you can't readily explain logically, the automatic fallback position is that you have to be cheshesh, maybe it's rooted in Avodah Zarah. Quite often, especially nowadays, the guy themselves don't know. You ask him in the street, you ask him about Halloween, they ask him about... Uh, even the December holidays have been commercialized. They won't necessarily know, but often, if you do research, you don't have to. You will find out that it is. You don't have to do that. Ramesha says it's not a suffet rice lechumra. The iser is an iser bevados when you can't explain it. Why are you copying them? It might be from a very nefarious source, either Avarzara, Nichush, Kishuf, and the like. That's the Ran. The Ma'arik says a similar thing, but he adds. Pritzus, Gaiva, Shachatz, these are big umbrella words, which we're going to talk about some examples, uh, some of which, um, as I was uh, discussing with my son in preparation for camp, there are a lot of funny things people wear in camp and funny things people do. And that's part of the sugya. Again, for Anissa Dereza, we have so many things that we struggle with. Why should we even come close to a possible Isidoresa. But if it's something that is picked up from the Goyim, even if you don't know it is, and they picked it up either because it's inherently pretzistic, gaivadik, shachas, somewhere in between, or involved in kishaf and nichash and old-time superstitions, or vodazara, you don't have to prove it. Any shash whatsoever is going to be the Isidoresa mitam vados. And without doing the research, sometimes it's painfully obvious for this shear, we gave shear in there for like nine months. I researched it just to show it wasn't necessary. People, I mean, but I mean, but it's just astounding how little research you have to do to find to connect the dots and find out how quickly it goes to all sorts of middle age kishuf and nichush and fortune telling and bavodazara and the like. And that's the nature of the Isra according to the Ran. The Marik says the princess and. The guy says that even if you're pretty sure the minute started like two years ago in America and it's not rooted in Avodah and it's not inherently preacher's dick necessarily, it's just strange, it's funny, it's, it's odd. So the Vilna guy says if it's not something we would have started ourselves, he passes like Tesis, the third sheet of Mishayim, that is also anyway. Ramesha, this took about four or five weeks just to move out what I'm telling you in two minutes, but Ramesha in one of his later chuvas on Thanksgiving, he has three different chuvas on Thanksgiving. Anybody who ever bumps into you at Thanksgiving and said, yeah, it's Pashit, uh, it's Mutter. Pashit is the wrong word to use. Ramesha apparently struggled with it. He has three long chuvas, and at the end, he's more machmer than Mekel. It's not Pashit, it's Asr. Suddenly, not Pashit, it's Mutter. And then I've had many people tell me Ramesha held it was Mutter. I said, I don't know which Rabbi Feinstein you were reading, but you apparently read the first one because he keeps going back to it over and over again. He explains to you what his hesitation is, and I'll get to it soon. Lamaisa, if you have, according to the Vilnagain, who possibly like Tesis and Ramesha, the third Shuva says sort of that everybody agrees to this more or less. If you're copying something and it's strange and it's silly, why are you doing it if, unless you're trying to copy the Gaim and be like the Gaisha culture? 
The Gain certainly holds like that. The question is, does the Ramah? That's a question. Again, we're dealing with the Nisa Daraisa. You don't have to have for every Gain, but Ramesh himself says the Sugi, the Alma, seems to be you better have a good logical reason for copying it. One of the easy examples we're going to give, um, I once had a uh, friend of my son over the house, and they're whispering, and my son comes over to me. It looks like he wanted to ask something. I said, can I help you? He said, yeah, my, my friend wanted me to ask. Okay, so what is it? normally. This one I wasn't prepared for. So he felt funny. He said, he said, my friend wants to know, do you eat sushi? So I had to admit the truth. The truth is, when I first came out for 10 years, if you paid me a lot of money, I couldn't get near it. Um, but people, a lot of people eat sushi even though they can't stand raw fish because it's the yuppie thing to do and you got uh, business meetings and, you, and they keep serving it and serving it and serving it. My son, at that point, was so young, he thought sushi was a Jewish food, which if you're young enough, you could think pizza is a Jewish food also. So here's a good example. Sushi is very not Jewish. comes from the Far East, and have a lot of rice, al shem ha rice, nikra sushi. Uh, you have it with raw fish, you have it with cooked fish, whatever you want, but it's not an American food, it's not a Jewish food. Pizza is very Italian. We have this knack of adopting things and um, enjoying it. Is there any uh, cultural issue of over here? The answer is no, not even according to the guy. I want to start off with a cooler. After that, it's going to be... Uh, uh, Sushi's for, why are we eating sushi? We're not trying to be like the Goyim. Maybe at first we brought it in because it was the thing to do with our business associates. But if we're eating sushi, I hope by this point in time, because it tastes good, if you hold it, it tastes good, then we're eating it for the same reason they're eating it. It happens to be a pretty anti-Semitic food because it's a bracha's disaster. I don't know what bracha you've been making, but every bracha you've been making, you're wrong. So, I don't know, whatever. If you're making one bracha... It's, as you can say, some said, no, it's Pasha, it's Mazinus. Oh, it's Mazinus. Very good. So the rice. I'll shame how sushi naked rice. And what's with the fish? The fish is tofu. Many people think they're eating, many people think sushi means the fish. It's hard to say, vegetables are taco tofu. Uh, it's hard to say the fish is tofu, and it's hard to say the rice is tofu. I personally, I don't have it that often. But when I have it, um, it's not al because I don't hang around the shmurg. Not that that's an iser. Shiloh, where that comes from. But <laughs> I'm usually writing something up in the chasen's uh, tish. But if I'd have it, I'll make a mazainus on the rice and have a shahako with whatever water or drink I'm having with it. And that's probably the best way to cover yourself. So it's inherently not Jewish when you have a food, you have an ikr and an ikr, and you don't know what bracha to make. So that's just an aside. Pizza, why do we eat it? It tastes good. It happens to be a decidedly not Jewish food because the Gemara says you're not supposed to pick up more than a kazayas. It's behemish. Or <laughs> the Gemara says not good manners. So these things are very not Jewish. I picked these two because, especially the pizza, we couldn't have made up such a food because it seems to run against the Gemara. What the heck there is? I don't know if you've ever seen somebody eat with a fork and knife, which I don't whenever I have pizza, which is not that often, but... I was born here also. Most people don't eat with a fork and knife. The question is, how are you picking up many kazesim and putting it towards your mouth? That's not a Yiddish food. So the argument could be is that, that that's copying their culture. Lamaisa, at the end of the day, we're eating it because it tastes good. The same reason they're eating it, and therefore it's mutter. So even the going l'chari would hold, and anything we would pick up ourselves, even if we didn't make it up, but we see and we like it, and it makes sense, so that can't be an iser of chukosayim l'seleichu. Many of the other examples we're going to speak about uh, go downhill from there. 
Uh, let's first finish the Ramah. Ramah talks about Malbushim. And he says, Malbushe Pritzus, or something that there's a minig, chayk ve'en tam badavra. It doesn't mean there's no tam. It means there's no apparent reason, and therefore we have to be chayshish. Maybe it's rooted in Avarazara or Gaiver, Pritzus, depending on which reason you hold. Or like Tesis, if you can't have a good reason why you're doing it, you're copying the guy, in which Ramesha feels we should paskan like. Meaning, even if they don't know, the Ramah continues, if it makes sense, and they have a ta'eles. And he brings an example from a doctor's overcoat. It was a way of hanging out your shingle. So you wore a white coat. So a yid can wear that, even though the guy had thought of it, but it's a good way to hang out your shingle and tell people you're a doctor, or a blood letter, whatever it was then, and that is mutter. If it's something that looks nice, can you wear a tuxedo? Oh, that's a pretty guy, Shazachal. It looks very much like a kapata with a funny different ending. But, and the kapata is a Prince Albert. I wear one on Shabbos. I once met somebody and they were trying to figure out. They weren't exactly familiar with our. So they said, oh, that's a, how quaint. That's a Prince Albert. I'm trying to think who was Prince Albert. Probably something to do with London. But uh, it's a, it comes from the Goyim, but it's a formal wear that you have to occasions. And if it looks nice, that wouldn't be chukasayim. Lachain, sarfin al hamalacha ima mishum Mary, this is a Gemara Sanhedrin, a complicated Gemara, and this is where the Machlekes is. They had a mini to burn the personal items, the clothing, and like when a king died. And the Gemara says, not Dark Gemara, because Gemara based on a Pusik. So Tasis says from there, you see, even though it makes sense, it's for COVID, nobody else can use his things, we still needed a Pusik, because we wouldn't have thought of it ourselves. It is Baltashchis. That's Tasis' Raya, that we're not so quick to pick it up unless it's Exeus and we have a Pusik indicating this was the Minigan clay you saw before. We don't do it anymore. The equivalent, Lahavdil, is uh, retiring a number of a uh, baseball player. Well, we might get to baseball, whether it's Luka Sam. If you have a. Uh, game that you might be going to, and you solve the Pritzis issue and the Kalisha with the National Anthem and the seventh inning, God bless America, and all the other issues, uh, the good news is, Ramesha says, it's not Chukasayim. So I, I, you have to solve all the other issues, but if you solve all the other issues and you're sitting in a seat that doesn't have all the other issues, and when the National Anthem comes on, you put on my shear and you listen to about Chukasayim, and, um, and you're sitting there, Ramesha says, it's Maybe it's Meshav Leitzim. He has all sorts of other choice names for it. But he says it's not Chukasayim because they're having a good time and we understand. Makes sense. You could say the rules could be this way, the rules could be that way, but they're running around having a good time. So that's not Chukasayim. Interestingly enough, baseball, apple pie, like the things that are so American. So says that's not Chukasayim because we can explain what they're doing. So that's what I said about counterintuitive. You have a lot of things in the sugya where you'd start off and you'd think, okay, well, this has got to be what everybody's doing it, and that's got to be us, sir. And sometimes it's the exact opposite, as we will describe. One other heter in the machaber, if somebody's carved lamalchus, did you ever hear the expression, when in Rome do as the Romans do? That would be classic chukosayim l'chaira. So if you're dressing up dafka to look like them, to blend in, to hear about the gzairah zachmal aslan and help get them repealed, it's mutter. And the Pesach can discuss why is a mutter if it's direct sakans to I don't need a machaber. And if it's not, why is a mutter? It seems to be a heter that when you're clearly doing it with a different intent, even though you're trying to provide a long-term danger, you just want to be there if there's a danger in the next 20, 30, 40 years, that would be mutter because it's you're doing it 
just to blend in for your reasons of the security, long-term security political action of, of Klai Yisrael's needs and not because of Hukosayim, needs further Hezber, but we will go on to the examples. Let me just discuss the Thanksgiving, even though we're going to go through the calendar in a moment. But Thanksgiving is a fascinating one because our Peskim who held it was completely mutter, there are many who held it was straight Hukosayim, Moshe, as I mentioned, has a few different chuvas, lengthy chuvas, where he takes the opportunity to explain what the Gedarim are because you have to explain it for Thanksgiving. Moshe has no problem with giving thanks, no problem with showing patriotism to your host country. Obviously, it's not an issue, so July 4th won't be an issue. Fireworks on July 4th, to go watch or to shoot them off, just make sure you know what you're doing. Um, we, they just became legal in Rockland County. So my children asked me if they could buy some. I said, I'd rather not. Uh, if you buy it, you can uh, carefully get somebody who knows what they're doing and shoot them off on July 5th or 6th. And, um, and you can have a good time. We have a backyard, so if it lands somewhere else, it'll still be my backyard, I hope. And um, it won't crash into anything. Why did I say July 5th and 6th if that sort of misses the mark? It's probably mutter fireworks or expression of simcha. I get a little nervous because if you see enough examples, even what you're going to hear tonight, fire is always very questionable because anything involving fire usually involved the Vodazara and the fire gods. And, and the amount I know about fireworks, it all came from the Chinese and the Far East, which is all of Vodazara. So I'm a little nervous about it, but Lamaisa, not nervous enough to answer it. If you want to do it on July 4th, fine. The advantage of doing it on the 5th or 6th, first of all, you can get a better deal on the fireworks. And second of all, at least you don't have to be doing it on their Chagah too. So if all things are equal, why not? But I don't believe it's Osir because it is a pretty international expression of, of Simcha. So getting back to Thanksgiving. No fireworks on Thanksgiving. We have turkey. And interestingly enough, Amesha gets stuck on the turkey. He has no problem with the giving thanks, no problem with the day off. It helps us learn and go to legal holiday shirim. That's Gavaldik. Now, Moshe wants to know, what's this Mishagas about the turkey? Now, interestingly enough, Ramesha in the discussion seems to be assuming turkey's kosher, which is a big sigit of Naatma, because you need a Masera on birds, and we don't have any Masera because the Apache Indians didn't have the Masera to give it to us. So it's a problem, and they were looking for a quick spice route to the West Indies, and that's why it's called Hadu, because they thought they discovered India quite complicated, and so they said, of course there's a Masaira. India is close enough to Europe, but it's not an Indian bird, it's an American bird. Uh, so the Shaila is close enough to a chicken, basically, uh, to give us a Masaira. Most people eat turkey, major kashras organizations give the Heksher. There are Yechidim who don't. Ramesha seems to be assuming his kashras doesn't mention a word about the kashras of it. He talks about the Chukasayim, and he says, because he holds that the sugya really points to the fact that if something is silly, even if it's not rooted in Avodah and it's not pretzestik, they dress the turkeys well on Thanksgiving. So nothing pretzestik, and everything is wonderful, but it's silly. Why are they hopping on a turkey for? What's with the turkey? So, again, I'm a fifth-generation American, believe it or not. So um, I'm sure... Somebody's been having turkey for a while. We don't have it. Uh, but we were almost on the Mayflower, so I had some reason to start asking around, what is with the turkey? So I got a hold of the original menu of that original meal, believe it or not. Um, they, they have it. It's not such ancient history. 
And of course, Ramesh is always right, even though Ramesh is saying with his Das Teira. The menu was very long, and they had primarily deer and a lot of um, fish. And in the list somewhere was turkey. So what to hop on the turkey for? So we all think we know the answer. Well, no, what's for the turkey? The answer is everything in America is marketing. What are you going to market? A deer? A cow? It's good flesh, good steak, but it doesn't really fly either the turkeys. But it's like, how's this going to work? So they hopped on. A turkey represented a new world bird. So they hopped on the turkey. So it's funny how we're all okay with that reason. Ramesha thinks that's absolutely ridiculous. You're having a whole yuntif all around a turkey. He says, that's silly. If it's silly, it's chukasayim. And he doesn't outright answer it, but he's more night to the chumra than the kula. And he says at the end, no, if you do it, don't do it every year. And I get the shayla all the time. I said, don't make World War III. Have somebody from a family, he's coming in, he can't go for their holidays, for their chagas, and he can't go for his. And tur- like turkey and Thanksgiving is the only thing they can have a meeting of the minds. So it's not us, it's not us. Ramesha leaves you a Pesach, or a Peskim who are more mekel, a Peskim who are machmer. Lamaisa, I tell them, you don't have to do it every year. Better not to eat in the dining room. They eat in the dining room. It's like Shabbos, Yantif, Yom Naraim, and Thanksgiving. Try not to hold the cranberry sauce. Don't make all the pitcher because you don't need everything there. And try not to do it uh, every year. That's what Lamaisa suggests. But he's not comfortable with it. But he holds it's a shtus. And he holds we should pass again, even if it's a shtus, even though we know it's not rooted in Avodah and we know it's not rooted in Kishuf. That's an important side, And the others who are makel say, no, the Ramar really only asked for the pizza, the quiche, the yichushin. It's silly, but at least we know how they did it. They're marketing. They picked the most interesting animal on the menu, and the whole thing was interesting. They had, like, um, outnumbered two to one white mint Indians. It was a very small suda, but and it didn't catch on right away. But as things went on, and uh, there are those who hold this absolutely also because it's not chukosayim, it's came straight from their Avodah because as Christians of the country, they put afford to thank their version of God. And uh, the history is on their side in terms of it being a religious holiday. We have Baruch Hashem, a separation of church and state. So it's Lamaisa on the law books. It's not a religious holiday. And hence the Mekil, Maramesha is not overly concerned with that. He's just concerned about the turkey. So that's the Thanksgiving. We're going to begin with the Calendar, we're going to go back to um, Halloween, so before Thanksgiving, and then skip over Thanksgiving as we covered it. And there are some fascinating shaylas. I'm preaching to the converted over here. Uh, nobody here is trick-or-treating. However, there were many, many people in the 1890s and 1920s and 30s and 40s and who were doing that because they had enough of a struggle figuring out what we can do, what we can't do. So this is not impinging the year of Shemayim of the previous Darius. It's just they were struggling with a lot and they came, unlike Bovo, when they came to the first Gullus and everything was set up. Due to the Midas HaRachim of we weren't Zechah to that Rachim because we didn't deserve it apparently and it was, well, a lot of disarray. So, no, what could be wrong with some Hershey chocolates? in a bag, and some costumes. We have costumes. We'll get to that soon, should we? We have the costumes, different part of the year. We have costumes also. What could be so bad? Well, Halloween is probably the classic example of a clear, clear isadaraisa chukosam. The Goyim might not know it. The Yidin certainly didn't know it. 
I'm not talking about the candy bars that were trafe and then kosher and then trafe again and kosher. I'm going to forget all that. that. That was another problem also. But these are Heligiyin. They're just trying to figure out what's going on. So people asking. So the kids wanted to go. How often can you say no? They didn't know that it's in Isidoraisa. Halloween is based on heavy, heavy sources in Avarazara, Kishuv, Nichush, superstition, ghosts, goblins, uh, the dead, the live, the everything in between. It's... You don't need to know this. If they're doing funny things, then it's us or else who It happens to be that this is a classic because the guy in today, your average kid in the street, will say, no, I just collect candies and throw eggs, depending on what neighborhood I'm in, and uh, we have a good time. So that he doesn't know, and he doesn't have to know, but it's classic hukasayim, and it's also to participate. If you live in a neighborhood where they're coming to you, and you have to give, then give. That's not called participating. That's called Eva and Daike Shalom, and that clearly is Mutter. December 25th, I don't have to comment on. Uh, you don't need the Sogiv Chukasayim to answer that. I mention it because it's an important springboard. A lot of people don't know this, and it's, I'm not here to attack anybody's Parnosa, and they should all have Parnosa, and I, I always don't the Kazchus. The Yidden don't know any better. But to celebrate in any form whatsoever January 1st is an Issa de Reisa and totally out of control. There are restaurants in the uh, 10, 20, 30, 40 range in any, not any newspaper, but some newspapers <laughs> and some other means of communication that have uh, special menus and party rooms and uh, they're just missing information. It's not a secular holiday. It's a religious holiday. There are a thousand rides to this. This is one of those things you need a little uh, I researched all of this heavily. As a matter of fact, in the middle of the shir, like three months into the sugya, I asked some of the guys if they can get a resident galach to sit here with us so we can get everything right. Uh, we didn't need it often, and it wouldn't look, it would look funny when you're sitting there with the, the collar upside down, you know, right side, <laughs> whatever. But it's, it's tied in with December 25th. It's a religious holiday. Before it was a Christian holiday, it was a pagan holiday by the Romans. There are diva sources. It started as a religious holiday, and it's irrelevant if today everybody is celebrating in a secular way by drinking and carrying on. First of all, that itself is a minigapritus, so that would answer it anyway, but you don't need that. Just know the history, or at least know when there's a Shailah. We know when Rosh Hashanah is. That's what's surprising about this. Why do you even need, why does anybody need to hear this? I ask people, and they say, I I understand Halloween is a chiddush to me. I didn't know that January 1st, that's the only time I can have some uh, champagne. I looked at him, I said, are you thinking for a moment that that's our Rosh Hashanah? So he said, oh, no, it's not our Rosh Hashanah, Khalila, it's not our Rosh Hashanah, it's their Rosh Hashanah. I said, do you ever learn myself to Rosh Hashanah? It's abundantly clear that Rosh Hashanah is Rosh Hashanah for Yidin and Goyim. And every other line in davening in Rosh Hashanah says that, Beferish. And they don't have another Rosh Hashanah, even though every country has their own. Although, but that's like anything else that they make up when they go along the way. It has no shaykhahs to anything, and its sources are in pagan superstitions and uh, more recently uh, Christianity, and it's also to celebrate in any form or fashion. And um, I tell that to some people. They say, oh, it's good to know. I'm going to stop doing it. And sometimes you hear comments like, so what do I do that night? I said, it's not nittel you can learn. What do I do that night? You go to Night Seder. Uh, I I exactly, I don't know exactly why you weren't at Night Seder that night in the other years, but there's no head to have this, and the offices that have holiday parties are politically correct enough, certainly in New York, to have a generic holiday party, not on December 25th, because no one's there, not on January 1st. 
if you have to be there, you go to pump some hands and show them you're there and get lost as quickly as possible because the whole matzav is not a place where any Ben Terry should be, which is painfully obvious to anybody who's ever been to one of these. But yes, January 1st is a classic example of Chukasayim. It's worse, but it's at least Chukasayim. If you didn't know that it might be Rudnavazar, you know it's not our Chag. And if it's not our Chag, then we can't be celebrating it. Valentine's Day. Did I skip any in between? I'm not that familiar with the calendar, even though I've given share on this. Valentine's Day. What? Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King. <laughs> okay, Martin Luther King, you can give tribute to the civil rights movement, and we have, uh, that's a, whatever. Yeah, you can, um, you can be happy we live in a free country. Let's put it that way, and the civil rights hopefully have helped all the minorities, we hope. Um, yeah, no, Nittle, we, we skipped, that was December 25th. Yeah, no, that's just a machaikas, whether December 25th is December 25th, which it's not, by the way. The other one's more correct. And yeah, but if you don't deal them over here, it doesn't look like they keep the hider of not learning on Nittle. They do? Okay, you're all invited to Muncie. We'll uh, figure something out. Uh, <laughs> and that, I have no time to the minig is Makaran Bahari Kaidish. If you have the minig and you take care of all the other things, you can learn every other night of the year. It's Kavaldic. But yes, the other one's more correct just based on the calendar. It's a Hiddish that anybody keeps the first one, but that's a, a different schmooze. We can't explain every minig. Uh, Valentine's Day, although there was a very high-profile, wonderful Baltstaka Yid who uh, made his fortune on Valentine's cards. Uh, that's Gavaldic, if you can, you know, I have no problem with that. But, and, and he's selling mostly to Goyim, so I have no problem with that. Goyim don't have an Issa the race of Chukasayim. They have an Issa the race of Avarazar, but they don't have the Chash, the Gzeir the race of Chukasayim. Valentine's Day has no Shaykhs whatsoever for both reasons. Number one, it's Preetus Dick. In its nature, if you want to show your Akaras Tev and your Ava to the ones, the uh, special people in your life, so do it every day, or why don't you do what it says in Chumash and get her a gift for Shalosh Uh That's a Chiv Daraisa. So that would be a good place to start. Valentine's Day is just, I don't say it's a waste of money, but it's, it's, uh, it's an Issa Daraisa. Happens to be the Valentine's Day. The Valentine part is also rooted in the Greek gods, again, of Arazara, Kishof, and the like, straight there without doing much research, and um, that would make it classic chukasayim. So no, even if it's expected, although if somebody very close to you expects it, please have them call me. I, 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 I've debated this with certain people, and they say, no, I, I, not for me, I'm asking for a friend. I, we've been here too long if Valentine's Day is being celebrated in your house or any other neighbor in Flatbush. Uh, but you know what? If they don't know, uh, we try to teach them, and yes, it's not just a display of Akaras HaToyv, it's an Issa Deresa. Uh, what's bizarre and very troubling is now in Eitz Yisrael, uh, secular, not yet from well-intended Israelis, took two Ba'av and kidnapped it, and hijacked it, and made it into a Jewish Valentine's Day. It has no shaykhs whatsoever. Two Ba'av is a day, maybe, where we read Shaduchim, so they should get married. It doesn't talk about what you should be saying or doing after you're married. There's no shaykhs whatsoever, and um, they just kidnapped it because they're copying the Gayim, and we were Jewish, so we need a Jewish Valentine's Day. The Valentine, anybody who's a saint usually has a lot of blood on his hands, and that's where it starts, and uh, it gets uh, worse as you go backwards in history. The next one might surprise you. How can we pick on a good old groundhog? But once I um, started giving a lot of shirim, the godless of the, of the uh, sugya was that 
I'm usually talking to intelligent people, Baruch Hashem, and they started realizing there's a whole sugi out here that we're really, as Americans, not too familiar with. And uh, what I was able to get across is everything is suspect till you have a good reason. You want a classic example of something that's absolutely, insanely ridiculous? Go watch a groundhog and plan your vacation based on that. It's it, it, totally nonsensical. Now, the groundhog is not Pritzis Dick Be'etzem, uh, the fact that I, I can't believe intelligent people still actively do this. Why are they doing this? That's classic Hukasayim. Where they have a minig, I don't like using the word minig, because minig is reserved for our Heiligen and Hagen. It's a custom. They have a custom, it makes absolutely no sense. Happens to be, it is rooted, I'm not surprised, rooted in Avodazar and Kishuf. Many ways. It, it's astounding how civilized, well, we call it that, well, they said that in pre-war Germany also, but how the modern secular man is still doing things that have no clue, mamish minig of a sambia dam, and go back a thousand years, 1,500 years, that's all rooted in superstitions and of other and they're still doing it. The groundhog, Laben Navi, Laben Benesham Navi, their uh, approval and success rate is well below 40%. I could do a better job, and I know nothing about the weather. It's the whole thing is so insane. Now they have two groundhogs and they have a machlekes every year. It's ridiculous. So the good news is most people aren't participating unless you're the mayor of New York or something like that. Uh, and the only way you could be able to this is to actually look up in the paper the next day what did Mr. Groundhog say and I want to plan my spring whether it's going to be warm or cold. If you're actively taking that even one ounce of seriousness even a half an ounce of curiosity, you're getting dangerously close to this because then you're participating in this mishagas. And as I said, they have a terrible track record and it is rooted in avodazar and superstitions. So you'd be amazed. Okay, the next two, are, I'll lump them together because they're absolutely perfectly fine. And it's a perfectly fine day to learn all day and night. Memorial Day and Labor Day. No lush and hurry to say about them. Memorial Day, people fought for... The country, respect them. And uh, Labor Day, the masses, uh, the socialist masses, uh, Democrats, or whatever you want to call them, are getting a day off, and um, that's fine. So you want to have a day off, and there's nothing, there's no cholos, there's nothing to mark. Uh, so somebody asked me, you could tell we're four months into this year, somebody said he's a little concerned, he thinks maybe having a barbecue is chukosayim. I said, no, that's the sushi hatter. We have a barbecue because they have a barbecue, and we have a barbecue for the same reason. It tastes good. So there's no, to my knowledge, I didn't investigate this heavily, there's no official way to have the barbecue. You have to have gafka, four hamburgers, seven hot dogs. There's no, there's no rules and regulations. You have a barbecue. People are off. You want to have them over for dinner. Um, the Kanaim in my shia said, no, they think it might be a Shailu Vanessa Dereza because this whole scene looks very American. I said, call me a makel. I think it's mutter. So... They have Memorial Day and Labor Day. You can have a barbecue on July 4th if you want. Lamaisa, as long as you're not frying your fish on the same barbecue, which I thought everybody knew was push it, but this past Memorial Day, somebody asked me that. And he said, well, how else am I supposed to have my fish and my... Uh, I said, first of all, the fish you don't have to fry, you can have sushi. Second of all, you're using the same thing, and it's pretty greasy. Like, what are you thinking, fish and meat? You Like, you change your fork. So... There are kashrus concerns about how you do your barbecue. I don't believe there is a hukah same issue. Similarly, July 4th and President's Day. July 4th, I'm a little concerned about the fireworks. I think Lamaisa, 
They're not usher, and uh, President's Day, the Shailov, uh, can you tell love stories that probably never happened about how honest Abe was and how Washington did cut the cherry tree and then he said vidui and then he did tshuva and he went through the whole. I, I don't believe any of these stories happened, but is there an Isser So I was asked recently in an interview about this. We were talking about ball games and the issues of following sports and idolizing the players, which is an Isser That's a big problem. So again, if you go to the game, just stay clear of the princess Kalisha. Don't stay too long uh, because you need to relax, but you need six hours to relax. That's Ramesha's Moshev Laysim Bittel Terry issue. Many said, I'm not holding there anyway. Okay, so you have to see how long you need to relax. And there's no Chukasayim issue, but if you talk about how wonderful the players are and what uh, fantastic people they are and look at them throw the ball, just to stay out of this is the race, it's not Asugia now. Try to put which you should do anyway, put a Baruch Hu into the equation and say, look at the great throwing arm Hashem gave him. Or look at that guy, even though he's a manuval or mukashrim, some of them are, some of them aren't, uh, he still knows how to throw a ball. Something like that. You're not creating an, an idol over here and you're calling a spade a spade and, um, and you, you shouldn't get involved in that, which is playing the sports is perhaps good exercise. It's the following and getting into that culture. So President's Day... I don't know if it's even politically uh, correct today to give a compliment to any president dead or alive. Uh, so maybe we don't have a problem with this issue. But Zashayla, I think there are rayas that if the person's no longer alive, there's no Isla Because this is to come close to them, not just the Uman. So I think there is room to be make all. The person asked me, uh, how can we teach it in social studies? And they say, over these stories, is it Asr? I say, I don't think it's Asr. I don't think it's true, the story, but I don't think it's Asr. So. Um, that's uh, pretty, pretty power of President's Day. Mother's Day and Father's Day, a little complicated, because on the one hand, it's a bit of a heavy of to pick one day when you have a chiv d'raisin that says the difference to do it every day. And unfortunately, there are, there are guys who do keep it up aim well, and there are those who send a card, I hope American greetings, on, uh, on Father's Day, Mother's Day, and not much in between. That's a shtus. If you're highlighting one day, it's hard to say it's usur because you say, no, I, we try to do it every day and we try to express it in a tangible way. It's a, it's a very gayish idea, it's an American uh, thing, but again, what's not usur is not usur. If your parents expect it, I'm more worried about them getting aggravated that you didn't give them breakfast in bed and whatever else they do in these days. And if you didn't know it was Mother's Day and they didn't know, which is what happens in my house, then my tev and my But um, you got to know if it's not usur, then, what? No, that's what I'm saying. If they're expecting it and you don't, and there's going to be uh, taina, then what's not usher is not usher. Next cooler. I, I actually have a, it's, we're, we're almost on even ground. The Black Friday. So some of the people from the Shia wanted to usher this. Black Friday, it's the uh, beginning of the Chagah, the holiday season. I said, I'm aware of that. It's also marketing, and this is pure marketing. And if you have a retail store and you want to, Sell has nothing to do with the Chaga. So I was vindicated this summer or last summer. Somebody told me, I don't know how old this is, somebody told me they're having Black Friday in the middle of the summer, which is a shtickle sacrilegious. Uh, the answer is there's nothing to do with religion. It's a marketing gimmick. And they realize, why do it once a year? You can do it twice a year. The mom is ridiculous. Lishitosom, it's insane. But 
if it sells more product, they're willing to do whatever it takes. And that's my raya, that it's not Aser and it's not Chukasein, even though originally it was tied in with the beginning of their season. And similarly, they have this thing afterwards, uh, they call Boxing Day, where everybody starts returning all the things they didn't like in the first place, which is extreme lack of Akaras Atayv. So don't do that if you get something for Hanukkah, which I'll get to soon, because that's a problem, perhaps. <laughs> but uh, you can get something for Hanukkah. The Shail is how. We'll get to it in a moment. So... Lamaisa, the fact that these things are around their chagas doesn't make a chukah same if it's all marketing and returns and things like that. It's merchandising and that's fine. Uh, let me go to Hanukkah because Hanukkah is a, is a big issue. Uh, many have this feeling, and the feeling is kind of obvious. Many have this feeling that there's something going on in America where in Europe they weren't doing this I'll discuss in a moment whether they were or they weren't, but certainly not to the extent we're doing it. And there are families that give money, and the families give a lot of money, and the families who give gifts, and the families who wrap the gifts. If you come downstairs and there are a bunch of gifts wrapped under the menorah, we have a big problem. <laughs> that I will tell you. So it's uh, frightfully, you know, something's growing on us, and it happens to be the same time of year, and there's something suspicious about it. With that said, what's not Osir is not Osir. And there are Peskim in America who tried to be Miyashiv, the minig of, and it was a minig. Rabbi Yankov says there was a minig to send money to the Rabbeim on Hanukkah, and they sent with the kids, and the kids carrying money, so they wanted to get in on it. And then others add that it's still a din simcha in Hanukkah. Maybe, but there might be a din simcha. And it is a, a yontif, and therefore, just like the Zachiv, the rice, as I mentioned before, to get your children and your family presents on Shalosh Regalim. So too, this is a Yantam and therefore there was a minig in Europe. I asked somebody whose grandfather was in Germany. I picked Germany because in Eastern Europe it's hard to know because if they had the minig, most people couldn't afford it because they didn't have what to eat quite often. In Western Europe, they had a little more money. He said his father, his grandfather actually was in Germany, upper middle class, and he asked them and he said they had no such minig. It's not a right, just one country. La Maisa, there is such a minig. So if you're doing it, in your house, you have what to rely on. There are some who gave certain days, the, the days that never fall on Shabbos. There are various menhagim and klai Lamaisa, don't overdo it. Because if we're feeding into the marketing and we're giving every single night and it goes, um, one family told me, they're giving every night and they don't spoil them, it just goes up. They start off with something very low value and then they get into the thousands by the end of Hanukkah. I was nervous he was going to tell me he was doing that for 12 days. Uh, so, uh, so I get, this is, I'm being sarcastic, but this, a lot of this is uh, suspect. Um, it's mutter, just don't go overboard. Okay, this is the introduction. It's already 10 to... Uh, let's go to birthdays. That's always a very uh, hot topic. So, there are two Shilas. Celebrating birthdays. Does that look the same? Does that come from the Goyim? Does it not? Paiskim have many chuvas on it. Their raya is for and against. Some say the only birthday we see highlighted in Chumash is Pyro, and that's not good company. End of discussion. Okay, that's one, that's one angle. That's a serious angle. Uh, Tara doesn't highlight it, except we're talking about Rashaim. Others say, Lamaisa, there are some birthdays that are in Chazal, 60th birthday, person's Baruch Hashem, out of Misav De Shemayim, it doesn't mean Rachmol Islam, somebody who didn't make it got it. That was his amount of years, but it is a milestone. And Rabbi Yasef himself um, celebrated in some 
So they, they bring down for the same safer that maybe even a shachiano by 70, because that's Yemesh Naisav, and now he's getting extra. So there are minhagim, bar mitzvah is a marv, yam shashlomo. There are certain benchmarks. What gets everybody very confused is the even more fiery debate on bas mitzvah. Ramesha has two chuvas on this, and he says there's no makar, it was never the minig, and it was never mentioned in previous years, and it shouldn't be done. It comes straight from the reform, it took it straight from the Christians. And you have to be suspect because that is, all of a sudden, it made either a comeback or it just came. And it would be a very strange coincidence. The Christians have the 12th birthday as a, as a, as a highlight, and the Reform copied everything from the organ in their temple, copied from the church to possibly the bas mitzvah. With that said, so Amisha is not a fan at all, so to speak. But Yosef is a chuvan, he says that there was such a meaning. They quote a Ben Ishchai, sometimes it's misquoted. Ben Ishchai didn't say you should celebrate it and make all party. He said if it's being done, he likes the meaning of at least getting her a new dress and talking to her about all mitzvahs and marking it in some way, which I think, by the way, is where it landed in our community. It's, I hope it's where it landed. Sometimes it's a bit overdone. But to mark it in some way, there is zilcha what to rely on in a private setting. With family, if it's a couple of friends, fine. To make a big bash, we're still suffering from the bar mitzvahs for, before we even get to the bar mitzvahs. And Ramesha clearly is concerned about the source. And historically, there are those who argue we had it first. And Raj uh, Yosef says that Shuvo, there are Makaris by the Sephardim. And their Shuvo is written already in Germany that, that we had it, even though that's where the reform started. But they were defending it that the girls need it and they need the encouragement, which, uh, which they do. But Again, in a very toned-down version, because the hype about it uh, in terms of a source is highly suspect, because it's not suspect. We know why it got popular to the extent that it did. The birthdays themselves, bar mitzvah, bas mitzvah, even 60, 70, whatever you're celebrating, if you're doing it every year, you have what to rely on. It's a milestone. If you use it in the context of... you lived another year, you thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you ask for another year after that, even though we do that in Rosh Hashanah and Kippur. Uh, there are some very, very strange things going on in terms of the Sukkot Chukasayim, and primarily around the cake. There are Makaris, this, is, this part is not Poshit, the Makaris, that the whole thing with the round cake was uh, worshipping the moon, and that you could take or leave because, do you ever wonder why matzah was by default round? And they had to make a whole complicated machine to make them square. Because if you take a round ball and you keep hitting it and it goes out, it's normally things are round. So it's easier to make a mold where it's round. It's not such a kasha why you have a round cake. Ugo's Russian round. So that wouldn't be a tiyufta. It goes very much downhill from there. Uh, you're talking about candles. As I mentioned before, often when you have fire, there's something rooted in a vodazar. And as Yidin, uh, first of all, candles used to be chazatreif, paraffin is not. We wouldn't put candles in a cake. We also, many of them meaning not to blow out candles. That's not Taramisina either. He said that he doesn't see a problem blowing out candles. Your grandmother will tell you not to and don't start up with your grandmother. And there are sources why you shouldn't. Shailah how far back those sources go. Lamaisa, whether you do, whether you don't, it was never a popular many dafka to have candles and blow them out. And then to make a wish after you blow out candles, 
if you haven't yet figured out in the last 45 minutes that's serious Chukosayim territory, then go back to the video and start doing Chazara. That's a disaster. The whole getup. You can take apart each thing and maybe defend the round cake and maybe defend the birthday in the first place, which is the Machleke celebrating it. Did it come from power or not? And celebrate uh, in a way where you're serving food and maybe giving gifts, putting candles on and sticking into the cake and blowing them out and making a wish is way over the top. So I've said this to many people. They can't believe it. Such an entrenched American custom. I said, yeah. It's not a trans American custom. The Eastern Europeans are doing it, and the little I've read on it, it was all immersed in superstitions and Anabatazara and Kishuf and Ichush and the like. We shouldn't be doing it. There's no reason to be party to this sort of thing, no pun intended. And uh, you want to serve cake, serve cake. We don't need the candles. Again, this sugya, whenever you're learning a sugya, you want to be mekel, you want to be machmer, first figure out, are we dealing with a possible Isidoresa? And if we are, and you don't really need it, you don't need a desk, you're not desperate for a kula, why get into the territory? So it's certainly not, not a great idea. Let's continue. Yeah, I think the round is also okay. That's the easiest thing to me, Miyashiv. Eig Melech oddly enough, was called Eig, even though he was one of the longest living people. He got oig, you know, the Chazal tell us. He came to Amavino Pesach, and Amavino was making round matzahs, of course, because he didn't have machine matzahs yet. And um, he asked him what it was, and he was the spell, and he told everybody about this cookie, this cake. There's a lot more to say on that, but it's not a share about like, Melchabashim. There's a lot of Musa over there, why he, what his chus was to live so long, and he had a, some element of ruchnius, but it was round. And uh, when they baked, it was round. So that, that, that wouldn't bother me so much, but the candles and the, if you hear the first 10 minutes of this sugya, you will get very nervous and candles and wishes and prayers and muttering things under your breath. Even if you're saying a kelmole, you're saying a kapitel tehillim, we don't blow candles and pray. <laughs> it's just not a... And if the guy are doing it, they have no clue why, and that's why we're nervous about the chukasayim. Again, you know, Dake Shalom, if you're not participating, if they're not asking you to blow, which sometimes is the case, uh, tell them you're all winded, you just came from a shir and chukasayim and you have no strength left. <laughs> and that will hopefully get them asking, like, what you say in the shir, and it will give you a Pesach to say that uh, this might be a chiv malchus. Uh, but, uh, you know, if you just stand on the side and you can't uh, get anywhere, yes, you can be present because it's not living either if making the party anyway. Okay, a few of them in Hagim by Shiduchim. So somebody asked me, is it Chukasayim to give a diamond ring when you get engaged? I told them, you're not getting out of this one. <laughs> I knew where this is coming from. I know people ask questions. It was probably invented by Jews. They controlled the uh, diamond industry as they do control all the world banking and everything else. So um, it happens to be a gift panasa to a lot of the Yidin. And there's a Makar in the Gemara. They sent Savlanus, and you give a gift. Does it have to be a diamond? They said, no, should be us, sir. What's with the diamond? This crazy minute. I said, uh, I'm okay with the zirconium and the cheaper versions. Nobody can tell the difference. But if she finds out, you're going to be in big trouble. So I would stick with it because it's a nice gift. That's not chukazem. If it makes sense, you give a jewel. You give jewelry. That's Savlanus. No problem with it. I do have an issue, and please tell your friends, because I first heard this. During the shear, and I thought the guy was uh, making it up. And then I heard it again and again, and I've heard it 50 times. This is straight, straight out of the sugya of what you shouldn't be doing. Uh, there are bachram, 
Baruch Hashem, who get to the point where they're proposing. Gavaldik, the moment we're waiting for. I can't figure out the life of me who would think in their wildest nightmare that you should get down on your knees and propose. Where are you? Like, we're from home. We don't get down on our knees for anybody, even our wife, and we hold them in the highest esteem. We're, it's it's preachers. It's, you get down on your knees. Okay, so uh, a few bachim asked me, so I, I, I promise I'm not doing it shame of Avodah I said, I, I wouldn't even accuse you of deifying your kala because that would be too nice. But <laughs> so we don't get, we have, you have to know when something's a gay shemini. We don't get down on our knees. I've had, I've had electricians and construction workers ask, you know, for the job. They've got to get down. They, can they go down the knees? The answer is yes, if you have no other way to do it. Even that, there was, a, there was an intuition that uh, my grandmother told me don't get down on knees. We don't get down on our knees. Number one. Number two, the whole mahalach, you know, proposing, getting married, the whole mahalach is a very sensitive thing. And you've got to have a balance between pretus and sneas. And the, the whole thing is straight from the Gaisha culture. People have told me that um, after hearing this, they now understand why it should be absolutely also to open the door for her on the date. It happens to be that there are, I don't get myself in too much trouble over here. I said, the one thing we know for sure which never ends up happening is if you open it on the date, you should open it when you're married also. And they thought I was going much too far with that. So where does it come from? This is from the Goyim. Again, we're not against it. You want to always open the door for her because she's holding the baby. She's holding the thing. You don't want to have her wait in the rain. Gavaldic. Then be consistent. If you're doing it because you're trying to show chivalry is not dead and you're a knight from medieval uh, England, that's not very Yiddish. Um, I can't say it's inherently preachers dig that example, but if your sons are going out, uh, just advise them. I, I, I don't like saying things are an absolutist. The right said, this is not very Jewish. It was never done. And they tell me it caught on like wildfire. There's no reason to get down on your knees. You could say the same nice thing, which should be short and sweet, without getting down on your knees. And why should we adopt things that are clearly goyish in stance? And I just thought it was bizarre. And I told my son, who's a chassan, that if anybody even mentions the idea, please send them to me. And uh, nobody came, but I think he did it the right way. So uh, I, I just don't think it has a place. Uh, and it was never part of our meaning. We shouldn't make these things up. And somebody asked me, well, we never had a meaning to propose. That's not true. It's a fairish gemara. That you have to, and it depletes us if you get married without proposing. It's also dangerous. So we have a system. We don't, uh, we don't make things up, and certainly getting down on your knee. One knee, two knee, whatever it is. There is a shailam. Standing up by a chuppah. The minute clearly hears that most people stand up when the chassan and kala come in. The question in the place game is, where in the world does this come from? Ramesha was very against it because Ramesha held it was straight chukasayim from the goyim who stand up when they come in. Ramesha did not get up. Rabbi Yankov held that there was a source from the mission of Bikurim when somebody's about to do a mitzvah, you respect them by standing up. They brought the Bikurim at Yerushalayim and the people, the tradesmen would get up for them. Shaila is the Tzushtel, because getting married, according to the Rosh, is not a mitzvah, it's only a Hersher mitzvah. Even according to the Rambam, it's not her mitzvah, so get up for the Chalsa and not the Kala, and that already looks strange. Lamaisa, most people are doing it. Somebody told me it has nothing to do with any of this. People just wanted to see, and everybody was standing up and looking over everybody else. Okay, then it's not Chukah same if it's a practical thing. It's clear that in Europe they never had this many, because nobody ever sat. They were standing. Did you ever see the famous picture in Europe of the Chuppah? It's a very famous painting. 
They were standing. They were in the chutzah of the base canisters, and they were standing. They didn't put down chairs. So you couldn't stand up because you were standing already. So to say this was the minute in Europe is completely wrong. So now we have something that started in America. The question is, can you be miyashiv it or not? As I said, a good example where everything has to be examined. Over here, many are miyashiv the minig, and that is the minig. I'm going to round out the chasna before we go on to the next item, and that is for those of you who are marrying off your last child. Uh, this mezinka is bizarre. Uh, that's a nice word. Is it absolutely usher? I'm a big fan of karta teira, and when something's already happening on the ground, even though it was probably started, it was not probably started. It was definitely started by people who were not from. Uh, I traced this old minigan klaistral back to the 1920s to the klezmer bands. That's as far as I got back. You're not going to get any farther. If you do, you're reading a forged document. There is no such custom in Klai no such minig. And you want to have a karas atayv, you married off your last child, it's a gavaldi gesimcha. You want to dance more, you want to dance through the night. A mitzvah tans depends if you're not learning a nittel, so you'll, you'll figure it out. The whole special tune, which is probably some Hungarian folk dance, that's a different problem, getting into Gaisha music, which can be chukasayim, but it depends how goyish and how preachistic it is, even if this is relatively tame. I never stayed around for it. I don't know exactly what it sounds like. Lamaisa, we don't have, not only because of the fairy tales, we don't do well with people coming in with brooms. And <laughs> I know they have a shot. They retrofitted the whole thing. It's a simon. You want to sweep them out of the house. You don't want them back. I say, you don't want them back? I want my kids back every week. Each one comes every other week. I said, no, no, no. You don't want them back the bad way. That's the broom. Somebody, I don't know, somebody made the whole thing up, and now it's like Teremisinai. So it's not Teremisinai, it's Bekashi Mutter, and if you see people doing it, so you say, what if you're at a chasna and they're doing it? Uh, call me um, a makel again. I, to make a macha where it might be, it's certainly not, not a mitig. Is it powerful enough that you can't oscar it and slam somebody with a chiyah malchus for this sugya? Possibly. It's mighty strange. So I mitzvah plan, unless it's going to start World War III with my mechutin, I have ways to go of not having it. And I don't make many conditions when I marry off my children. Uh, this mitzvah will be one of them. And if there's major pushback, and that's the only malchikas we have, I'm just saying this now, if you come to my chasna and there's a mezinka and I'm not there, don't blame me. Uh, but lamaisa. It's not Arminic. No one's arguing it was Arminic. The Shaila is, how bad is it? So when something is strange, and there are theories that they traced it to some back roads in some village in Czechoslovakia, Hungary or something, and the Goyim were doing it, then that's not good if you trace it back there. But to say it's absolutely ulcer, can't go on record as saying, I'm just not comfortable with it. Okay, we have an hour and 20 minutes on the CD, so I have another six minutes. Okay. I will be giving, uh, as I said, a start of Chazara Muncie. I'll be giving part two. So wherever you do Chazara from this one, you'll get part two. Then go back to the 74 of the other ones. You'll have a uh, slower version. This shayla comes up in the office a lot. I'm moving through the life cycle and the calendar. So there are two issues. One is there's a constant fight with Obamacare and the crisis in health care over the last uh, 10 years or so. It's hard to get good health care, and the prices keep going up. So sometimes the boss offers, as if you pay in, $15,000 will cover it. It's very, very expensive, as you all know. In recent years, they have these health share companies. This is a big problem. I'm not going to do justice to it now, but this is actually Nogel Lamaisa. 
to many people, even if they're not going to birthday parties, they're not dancing with brooms, they're not doing any of the other things, people need health insurance, and a lot of people can't afford it. They have health shares out there, and now there's one under on, on auspices. It's not an advertisement for them. Or again, I'm sure they're trying to do a good job, but they patented that after the one which is extremely problematic. Uh, there are many of them out there. Most of them are church-based. And when you look at the paperwork, it's appalling because I was involved in the sugya. I gave most of the shirm. I started giving them four years ago. And I got calls from the people involved in the Midwest in these things who were trying to correct it and maybe make their own, which they did already. The ones that are very popular and used by many from people, again, I'm not going to say it's us, sir, but ask a shayla, the thing you have to sign has a list of beliefs you have to sign on to with clear references to Avodah and uh, Christianity and Yashka and all these things. And they fixed it up a couple of years ago, but there's another line that says, when you check this box, you're also agreeing to everything else in this 55-page small print. Well, I had to read 55 pages of small print. And guess what? There's a lot of pretty bad stuff tucked in there. So your great-grandparents might have been killed rather than say when the Cossacks came into town, the Crusades came into town, I believe in something, and it is Yahar Vayavar to sign it. That's, those who wanted to say without Araya that, yeah, you don't really mean it, you're just signing it. I have a better idea. When the Crusaders come into town, come on, sign. why don't you just say it and not mean it? Why is everybody getting killed? The answer is, this is serious stuff, and it's assumed that it was Yahar Vayavar to say it, sign it, or whatever the case may be. Happens to be, behind the scenes, I'm still working on fixing it up, and we got them recently to um, agree to another version which we marked up and crossed out many, many, many lines, and we asked them if they can use that, and they said fine, because business is business, and that's good. I have no problem with that. They don't have to be doing it lishma, and that works, but do not, if you have one, look at what you signed, read all of it. If you don't, be careful before you sign it. That's not just chukasayim. That's a shayla being made to even though you're clearly doing it because it saves money. But you can clearly do it to save your life. And in Simon Kufner and Zion Yeridea, it was assumed throughout all the generations that it was awesome. And it was Yehovah Yavar. It's a very serious thing. The office shayla that comes up when you're not talking about which health plan you're being given is when the boss's mother dies. He's a very devout, nice Italian fellow. And... Um, you know where your bread is buttered, and the boss's mother passed away, and you got to come to the funeral. So you can't walk into a church. That's the first answer. That's also no, no more comment on that. If it's in a funeral home, they usually have a viewing. The viewing, the minig, the custom of a viewing is chukosam. And we're not setting him up. We didn't put the lipstick on him or the rouge. And usually they look better then than they did before they died. So we didn't do all that. But walking by in the procession and participating in the viewing is a problem. It's sometimes a political liability not to be able to do it. And if you're faced with a possible hefzid, uh then ask a shayla. I think there might be some wiggle room and there might be what to discuss. But l'chatkhila, if you send a nice card, you send flowers, or you... Go to the outside and say, I'm just here to wish you condolences, to shake his hand. And uh, better even to give him, give him a hug and tell him you feel really bad, but you don't really want to come in for the viewing. You say you're queasy, make up some nice story. Um, it's, that's called being Mashadim Nedaka Sholem, and then it's Mutter. Participating is an issue. I mentioned two more quick things because we're almost out of time. Somebody had asked me, 
Is there any, and I, when he asked me the, this Shaila, I was the Steinman, because this is also a classic example. Some of these are more gray. Some of them, I believe, are not fully usher. You can't usher them, although I wouldn't do them. What? Oh, I stand on my, okay, I think everybody's hearing me loud and clear so far. Maybe you wish you wouldn't have heard some of it. Uh, so uh, somebody asked me about the thing that he does in the city when he goes to Manhattan all the time. They have a lot of parks and fountains, and in these fountains, he's doing this. I think a lot of us have been doing it. They have a custom. They go and they throw pennies in and quarters. So right away I heard this. I said, it's zichon isa because Jews don't throw away money. That's the first thing. <laughs> so, so that can't be a Jewish custom. We're going to throw away. So he said, no, no, I wanted to go in and pick them up. No, <laughs> that would be a chil Hashem. Where does this come from? So if you're attuned to this already, this a classic example of Sam, it was hard to find fresh water for centuries in Europe. When they finally found, quite often in Germany, this is rampant, they used to put an idol right by the well that the idol should, the gods should bless the water source, they shouldn't lose it. And every time they drew water, they would take a kopek and throw it to the idol so the idol should keep giving them fresh water. You ask average guy today, never heard of it. What do you do? I don't know. Rockefeller Plaza, you throw pennies in. That's classic vintage So tell somebody in a sound bite, you heard a share tonight, so this is the right to throw in pennies. He's going to say, ah, uh, Baltashchis? Nah, pennies not a Shavaputa. I don't think it's Baltashchis. You're having a good time. Why should it be Baltashchis? So you can't explain this in a sound bite, but I think you're with me until now. This is, I was so not surprised when I found out where, who would be crazy enough to throw money into a pond? The answer is there was a god there with a fountain and they had to please the gods. So they were sacrificing to the god. I don't have to tell you at this point about the nefarious evil tooth fairy, do I? Uh, there are people who do this. Uh, I mean, you have to be, uh, you have to never have heard of this. Uh, any custom that depends on fairies and ghosts and goblins, which is part of the uh, Halloween scene. Uh, here it's an ice fairy, and she brings money. So besides the fact that I'm not allowed to lie to your kids, you, know, you can't tell them that the tooth fairy brought 25 cents, maybe now it's $25, and you can't say that she came through the chimney either, and you can't, there are all sorts of crazy things people tell their kids. You can't lie, that's first of all. And second of all, this is again, Chukasayim based on superstitions, Nichush and the like, and they, you, if your kid is crying because the tooth fell out, uh, you can give them some ice cream or ices, do something else, but don't make a quarter appear under the pillow and mention anything about fairies. You can give them, cash will never be refused. You say, you're crying, here, have a ten. <laughs> there's no Chukasayim over there. I think you're spoiling the kid rotten, but there's no Isser. A lot more to be said, so I guess you'll tune in when I continue a month next week. And um, any questions, we could take it after my roof. The USBs are available in the back. Anybody wants them? Okay. I'd like to be a shakayach for the very informative shir. Even though there are many guys uh, for charities out there, I'm sure even the Rav will be minded that there's still a mitzvah tzedakah and a tzedakah tzedakah. And it's still a mitzvah to sponsor a shir and support Egan Shiritaira. I have a chedek and a buzzer's tarot, the rabbin. Call Egan Shiritaira, 718-851-8651, or email tapecenter at yeshivanet.com for this great mitzvah and schus. I'd like to be a shakar to Elam Shem 
for his support of tonight's Shiva, the Nishmas of Gedalia Aryeh, Ben of Shmuel Yitzchak, all of Ashalom's Ratzai tonight, and the Shmuel Sitzur of Tzarachayim. CDs of tonight's show will be available shortly.